Again, good morning. I will say that this morning's message puzzled me a little bit as I was preparing my heart. Not so much the information, but I started to think, what is, what is the real practical application for us this morning? And the more I thought about it, the more I considered what it is we're going to be studying and what I had prepared to share, and the Lord had showed me, I realized there are numerous times in the scriptures where Jesus says, do not be deceived. Paul tells us, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, he reaps. And we do know that there is this danger of being deceived. I think more so today than ever. We live in a world that deception is probably the devil's greatest tool to get people in the wrong place. We've seen it. We've seen it recently more than ever. We have seen deception in our world. But in the last days, deception will be the most potent force for evil that the devil will employ during the seven years that we've talked so much about, the seven years of tribulation. So as we consider what it means to be deceived, we have to also stop a moment and realize you choose to be deceived. You choose to be deceived. The devil can try to deceive you, And he will deceive you if you allow him to deceive you. The devil uses the media. The devil uses governments. The devil uses all types of things from YouTube videos right down to Facebook and Twitter. But you choose to be deceived. Otherwise, if that weren't true, why would the scripture say do not be deceived? I mean, we think about it. If you had no choice but to be deceived then why would the scripture tell us not to be deceived? You and I, we have a choice, and I want you with me this morning as we go through the word to make a commitment in the spirit to asking God, or just really the commitment to ask God to to help you to see the truth. We know the truth will set you free. To see the truth, but then it's not enough to just see the truth today, unfortunately. You have to say, I want to see the truth, and I want to choose not to be deceived. Let's pray. Lord, Heavenly Father. More than ever, we need to know what's true, and we need to believe what's true, and hold to what's true, and not allow ourselves to be deceived in this dark world. So this morning, as we study your word, may we understand the seriousness of entertaining false things, of entertaining lies, twists of the truth, misinformation, disinformation, things that are promoted as true. More than ever, Lord, we need to know what's true and believe what's true and choose not to be deceived. And so I pray that your Holy Spirit would come upon us today. Give us the ears to hear and to know what's true. And then, Lord, just right now, give us the heart to receive this message. Although it might be challenging at times, may we have the heart to recognize that unless we're on our guard, unless we're vigilant and sober, that devil, the roaring lion who goes about seeking to devour us, will devour us, even as Christians will be oppressed and deceived if we don't determine in our hearts to know what's true and to believe it. So give us the strength, we pray, to do so in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we get to Revelation and in chapter 13 and verse 11. And we're talking about these two antichrists. Last week we discussed the first of the two antichrists called the first beast, later just referred to as the beast. And now we get to the second of these beasts, which describe individuals world rulers or world leaders in the last days. They are not on the earth now. They have not been on the earth yet. But the first is a 
beast that comes out of the sea. And so among the peoples of the world and the nations, especially the areas of Europe. And now we are looking at a beast that comes out of the earth. So let's read the whole section and we'll go back over it and hopefully be enlightened as to some of the things that will happen and I think most importantly, some of the things that are happening and how to be on guard against them. We read in verse 11, John writes, I saw another beast coming out of the earth. He had two horns like a lamb, but he spoke like a dragon. And he exercised all the authority of the first beast on his behalf and made the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast, whose fatal wound had been healed. And he performed great and miraculous signs, even causing fire to come down from heaven to earth in full view of men. Because of the signs he was given power to do on behalf of the first beast, he deceived the inhabitants of the earth, and he ordered them to set up an image in honor of the beast who was wounded by the sword and yet lived. He was given power to give breath to the image of the first beast so that it could, be, so that it could speak and, and cause all who refused to worship the image to be killed. He also forced everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on his right hand or on his forehead so that no one could buy or sell unless he had the mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of his name. And this calls for wisdom. If anyone has insight, that is understanding, let him calculate the number of the beast, for it is a man's number. His number is 666. Now we'll get to that in a minute. I think this is probably the area uh, of most fascination by people who don't really know God or know his word. Uh, When they tend to look at the book of Revelation, they find their way to that last verse of this chapter. And uh, books have been written, movies have been made, all types of speculation in our culture over this number. And we'll talk, and I think you're going to be a little disappointed that it's really kind of anticlimactic. It's it's, it's not what you think it is, (laughs) or you might suppose it to be. But before we get to all of that, let's back up a minute. A world leader is going to emerge on the scene during these years of tribulation in the future who's going to be a deceiver. Now, clearly, the first beast is going to be a deceiver of sorts. But this individual who is called the second beast or the beast that comes out of the earth, one of two antichrists because they stand in the place of and against Christ, is sometimes called later on in this book the false prophet. And that's a very accurate description of this individual. He's talked about by Daniel, he's talked about by Paul, he's talked about by Jesus. And a number of people, when they look at the two Antichrists, sort of combine the two individuals into one and talk about an Antichrist, a singular individual. It's not true. One is a world leader, the other is a false prophet. And the two of them, empowered by the devil in the last days, will do much harm to the people on the earth and and try to do much harm to the faith, to the Christian faith. Now, Let's talk about the descriptions, because again, these are symbols that help us to understand the origins of this individual and what he will be uh, capable of and doing during these last days. First, the beast came up out of the earth. Now, I believe when we look at the sea, we, we, we received a very clear interpretation of the sea. It represents the peoples of the earth, the different people groups. But this beast comes up out of the earth and more than likely refers to the Middle East, the land of Israel. Many times in the scriptures, the land or the earth is a reference to, in fact, that area of Israel. But even so, this is an individual who will also come out 
of the peoples of the earth, but not out of the earthly powers. This is a person, a populist, someone who comes into prominence because they have these supernatural abilities. Uh, these, both these beasts have some degree of supernatural ability. This individual has an ability to do things, as we've seen, to deceive people. But again, you have to choose to be deceived. You know, I remember uh, when I was in high school, and I went to public school, when you probably still could, public school brought in a hypnotist, and they had everyone gather in the auditorium, and I saw things that really frightened me as a high school student. This individual, very gifted in the power of suggestion, was able to get people to get up on stage that, that in and of itself, getting a high schooler to volunteer to come up on stage is miraculous in and of itself. I mean, participate? Come on. But what happened next really frightened me because people I knew, I knew they weren't in on it, were brought up on stage and through some form of hypnosis or power of suggestion were acting like dogs and chickens and doing all types of things that really frightened me. And it was at that point that I realized this is real. The power of suggestion and hypnosis actually does work, clearly. So if that's the case, then what was going on? Was it demonic, perhaps? Or was it something that where you're able to connect with someone in their altered state and convince them of something that isn't true? Yes. Obviously, it's some art form. Obviously, it's something that's been used throughout the centuries to convince people to believe things that aren't true. And I started to look into this, not because I wanted any part of it. It really terrified me. I'm a control freak. The last thing I want to do is be hypnotized. <laughs> to find out I was up on stage going like this, you know, and it wasn't Mick Jagger. It was a chicken impersonation. That's the last thing I want to experience in my life. And I found out something as I learned more. I learned that hypnotists always say this. If someone is determined not to be hypnotized, they can't be. That really comforted me. To know that if you determine not to be deceived in this way or controlled by someone else's power of suggestion, you simply making a mental determination not to be hypnotized shields you from being hypnotized. And if the people that do this know that and say that, then I believe it to be true. And, I, and of course I do. And, and what is so encouraging is to know that if you make a choice not to be deceived, even as a person that doesn't know Jesus chances are you're going to see things as they really are. Now, when we get the supernatural element involved, it's more important than ever to have the Holy Spirit so you can see the truth, and then, of course, the determination and the will not to be deceived. But this individual is going to be a spiritual leader, and how many times have we seen spiritual leaders, even within the church, come up and deceive people into all sorts of things? I've seen it, you've seen it. The circus environment that exists sometimes in some churches where they create this, this environment that people are falling down and acting in bizarre ways, hypnotized through the power of suggestion, I believe. I don't put any, any credence in the behavior because the behavior is both bizarre and unproductive and nothing biblical about it. And you see people falling over and you think, oh, that was really the power of God. Well, was it? Or was it the power of suggestion? People come to churches all the time wanting to believe things that aren't true. And there are many charlatans and people who will get up and tell you anything but the word of God and convince you that things that are not true are true. 
But it's because so many have come to them wanting to believe those things that it's actually quite easy to get people to believe those things. They've already surrendered their will to the power of suggestion. Even if it's not spiritual, it's the power of suggestion. This is how magicians do what they do. And I want to say, first of all, illusion, magic, it's a true art form. And they use the power of suggestion, and they also use distraction, and they they get you to believe something that isn't true. We all like that because it's entertaining. You go to a show, and a magician comes out and saws a woman in half, and you know she's not cut in half, but it's very entertaining. Because what you see deceives your eyes. But then you go home and you think, oh, I'm not going to try to cut my wife in half because I know, it, it's a, I know it's a trick. So you, you, you are entertained by it, but then you choose not to believe that it actually happened. What happens when you're entertained by something, an illusion, but then you go home and you say, no, it's real? That's what we're talking about today. So this spiritual leader is going to rise to power during the time of the end. Daniel talks about him in Daniel 11. John even, excuse me, Jesus talks about it in John's gospel. And so we know that this will happen, uh, but the beast comes out of the earth. But the beast also has two horns like a lamb, but he speaks like a dragon. And I think that is a very clear way of speaking of someone who's trying to pretend there's something they're not. First of all, the two horns horns of a lamb. In In the scriptures, and certainly... In the book of Revelation, Jesus is pictured as the Lamb of God. So by that, I look at this and I think, well, this individual is going to try to pass himself off as a Messiah. If not the Messiah, if not Jesus, certainly someone who is working on behalf of others to save others and teach them the truth. But notice, while looking like a lamb, he speaks like a dragon. And we know from our previous studies, the dragon is Satan. So the words he shares are satanic and evil and deceptive, but his behavior, his countenance, the way he looks, the way he presents himself is that of almost Jesus-like messiahship. So if we understand that, then we begin to see that what the devil's going to do in the last days is he's going to have these world powers, but then he's also going to have spiritual influencers. It's not hard to imagine that word these days. Because, I mean, our world is filled with people who don't do anything to earn a living, but they make a really good living because they influence people. You know what's sad is that we should be the ones influencing people with the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. And instead, I see the world influenced by someone who's, you know, they buy a kitchen gadget, and they put out a a video or a blog, and thousands of people watch this because they're influenced by this person's description of how to use a kitchen gadget. I'm, I'm, I'm not even being facetious. That's what happens in our world today. Life hacks, DIY. We all look to others to influence us about what to buy and, and what to do and what vacation to go on. So what ends up happening is we're being influenced through the power of suggestion because we're opening ourselves up. Where do I want to go on vacation? So, of course, you go to Google or YouTube and you watch videos or you do those things. What you're doing in that moment isn't necessarily evil, but you are opening your heart and your mind to being influenced by others. Now, that can be good. Opening the Word of God, being influenced by the Holy Spirit, influenced by men and women who are inspiring and have great testimonies and testify to Jesus. So it's not all bad news, but please understand, when you allow yourself to be influenced, you, you have to be very careful to know the truth so that when someone tries to tell you something that isn't true, you can call it out. 
Now this individual is going to imitate Jesus, the Lamb of God. He's going to appear gentle, approachable, kind, and compassionate. But while pretending to be a prophet of peace and goodwill toward men, the words, the things that he shares will be from Satan, the dragon. We believe he's going to bring false peace to Jerusalem. That's part of what will happen in the last days. Jesus said, when they say peace, peace, sudden destruction comes quickly. So this is a bringer of peace, a message of peace. And everybody loves peace, right? Peace is the, is the right message, but at what cost? We believe it will bring a false peace to Jerusalem during those first three and a half years of tribulation. But of course, in the middle of that seven-year period, there will be war. There will be an attack on God's people, on Israel, the chosen people, and any who defy this world empire that has yet to emerge on our planet. He may claim to be a Messiah to the Jews. He may claim to be the last imam to Islam. Islam is looking for their Messiah as well. They call him the last imam. He may be Jewish. He may claim to be Jewish. Israel, as a nation, may even facilitate his rise to power while unaware of his true intentions. You see, while we're fiercely pro-Israel in the church, we also have to recognize that in the last days, like today, you know, it's, it's... it's important to say this, and I don't disparage the nation of Israel. I'm, I'm a firm supporter, but for political reasons more than anything else. But they, they don't believe in Jesus. You know that, right? They, they reject Jesus as the Messiah. Jesus said, you know, I come in my Father's name and you reject me. You know, one will come in his own name and him you will receive. So the day will come where a Messiah will come to Israel and Israel will reject God And embrace this false messiah, this false prophet. This, we know, will certainly happen. He may even be the one that negotiates that seven-year covenant between the world ruler and Israel. He may be the representative of Israel. He may be the leader of Israel that brings them to the Eurocentric power and brings peace to the world. We don't know exactly, but some of what's written seems to indicate that this is true. We're told in verse 12 that he exercised all the authority of the first beast. So Satan gave his power to the first beast, and of course the first beast shares that power with this second beast or false prophet. His power is not to conquer nations. It's, it's to conquer the hearts of men, and that makes him even more dangerous in some ways. As I said, influencers. People in our world today really are not interested in the truth or promoting the truth for the most part. They're interested in getting you to believe their particular brand of truth. We've seen a lot of this lately. But this man will not act against Satan and the world ruler. He's their greatest ally. So imagine you have a world with a false religion, but you also have a world with a world leader who's very strong and powerful, but then you have a spiritual leader that gives all of that influence in such a way as to promote this world power. We saw this in many of the communist revolutions of the last 100 years, where you would have people who spoke up for the party and and leaders, strong leaders, who would promote communism and socialism. It never ends well, does it? It never ends well. We can expect this on a demonic scale in the future. Now, he made the people of the earth worship the first beast, who were told... This beast's fatal wound was healed. This is mentioned so much in this section. And we talked about it last week, and I'll recap for you in just a minute. 
The world will worship the dragon, who is Satan. That we know. He's going to empower this world ruler, and so therefore the world will worship this world ruler for his earthly power and authority. We're going to be living in a world, for those of us who were here during this time period, I personally do not believe the church will be here for most of this, if not all of this. But we're already living in a world where the marrying of governments and influence, uh, media, social media, uh, uh, you talk about big tech, pharmaceutical companies, uh, all come together to, to get people to believe things that aren't true. I mean, that's happening. Forget about the end times. Forget about last days. We're already there. But imagine if you take all of that and then supercharge it with satanic influence, and that the goal isn't necessarily to do something, it's to give your heart to the devil. That's where we'll be in the last days. Again, I don't believe we'll be here as the church for this, but this is where the world is heading, and, if, and, and you already see it happening, so it's not hard to imagine this. Maybe two or three decades ago, this was something you could say, well, you know, this is very interesting. I, I can't imagine it happening, but you'd have to be blind, deaf, and dumb not to see that it's already happening in our world today. So, this is what's going to happen. The whole world will be astonished. They're going to follow this world ruler, the first beast. We talked about the fact that a revived Roman Empire may be the reason for the world's astonishment. The wound that was healed certainly points to the fact that there was a powerful empire called the Roman Empire that fell, and that it's already begun to reemerge. At the moment, it's Eurocentric, it's the, the European Union, but it will morph more than likely into something much larger and much more powerful. How that happens, your guess is as good as mine. But a revived world ruler that rises from the dead, or seems to rise from the dead, certainly would astonish the world. I shared with you last week how we believe that this world ruler, the first beast, will in fact suffer some type of a wound, an assassination attempt, which he will survive, which will only cause people to follow him more devotedly. And I also share with you how world leaders emerge today on the world stage overnight. People you never heard of are suddenly in the news every day. So it's not hard to imagine that at some point this ruler will emerge. Apparently someone will try to kill him or something will happen to him. But he's going to survive and become even more powerful as a result of the wound being healed. Exactly how this plays out, I can't tell you. But I refer you back to the scripture we talked about last week from Zechariah chapter 11, verse 16 and verse 17. And I'm not going to read it again today, but there it talks about God judging an idle shepherd and him being wounded, his right arm being withered and his, his eye being blinded. And this is the first time in this section that we get an indication of that wound being uh, really a wound to this world ruler and a wound with the sword, with the sword. So it seems to be a personal attack, not just talking about the kingdom, but the ruler of this kingdom, uh, the king himself. So this coming world leader may be fatally wounded and healed. That may be what happens. But in either case, the world will wonder after him. And all of this would probably happen before he emerges as a world leader. But when it happens, it'll happen quickly. And he'll eventually be worshipped for his miraculous recovery. Now he's going to perform, this, this is the first beast we're talking about, the second beast is going to perform great and miraculous signs and deceive the people of the earth. One of the things, I want to be careful how much I say about this, but 
One of the things that's distressed me since 2019, especially, is how quickly and easily people have been deceived. And listen, the devil deceives people, and then he uses those deceptions to divide people. So the whole pandemic thing opened up the door for lots of division and hatred between, in some cases, it divided churches down the middle over whether to be vaccinated or not, or whether to wear a mask or not, and and, and, and now, I, I, it's even amazing that it ever came out. We're finding out masks never worked, and they knew they were never going to work, and clearly they didn't work. If masks would have worked, no one would have gotten COVID who was wearing one, right? And then we heard about vaccines, and everybody was told, if you get one, you won't get COVID, except that everybody did. Now, listen, whether you chose to be vaccinated and whether you choose or have chosen to wear a mask is your personal decision, or at least it should be. Sadly, we live in a world where those personal decisions were taken away. I'm not coming out for or against. I'm just saying that our personal freedoms were taken away. And we see that in the last days, some of that will happen as well. There are some people who, for whatever reason, think that the vaccine was the mark of the beast. Um, Why? Why would you come to that conclusion? I guess maybe it sells books and makes for nice YouTube videos. But do you realize how many people have been deceived? Maybe some of you were deceived. That wasn't necessarily a spiritual issue. But over the last few years, social media, Twitter, Facebook, have openly, admittedly, deceived us into believing things that weren't true. Not me. You know, I'm going to tell you something. Early on in the 2000s, I saw the emergence of these things. And you know I've never been on any of them. Because I knew right away that being subjected to this type of influence could easily deceive someone. And listen, let's go go both sides here. You watch these YouTube videos from the far right that, that promote conspiracy theories, and you can be deceived. I know people that believe this stuff. And then you you listen to the progressive media and you believe the things they say. Because there's a huge agenda there. Politics, elections, vote counts. All of this stuff is an attempt in many ways to deceive you for whatever purpose that person is trying to accomplish. It's not that I want to get into this so much, but our culture is filled with influencers and people who want to deceive. And when the government embraces some of those deceptions and mandates some of those deceptions, we have the precursor to what we're talking about in this chapter. I said the precursor, not the fulfillment. When a government mandates deception, you start to begin to understand where we're heading in this world. That's all I need to say about that. This individual, when he emerges, will perform great miraculous signs and wonders. How is that possible? Well, I don't know. I I always think of Janus and Jambres, as the scriptures tell us, the, the sorcerers in Egypt that when Moses appeared before Pharaoh, he turned his staff into a snake, but these magicians, they were able to do the same thing. And, and, you know, the, the plagues came along, and each of the plagues, up to, I think, the gnats, were replicated. Why you would replicate a plague, I don't know, but they did. They wanted to prove that it was false, that it wasn't true, even though it was true because it was the hand of God. They did this by replicating these signs and wonders. 
Some people believe that they're actually empowered to do those things. Others, like myself, believe it's deception. Either the power of suggestion, illusion, something of that nature. But clearly the devil has some power to influence and deceive. I don't believe he has the power of God. I don't believe he can do the miracles that only God can do in and through his people. I don't believe he, I believe he can replicate them. I believe he can fool you into thinking he can, but I don't believe he actually can. In fact, these are counterfeit, it says, counterfeit spiritual abilities, which tells us they're false. And it's no surprise that the devil would do such a thing. Through this individual, the false prophet, he's going to perform miracles and even cause fire to come down from heaven. Think of fire from heaven as lightning. Uh, in the scriptures, when we talk about fire coming down from heaven, it's, it's not like, you know, Godzilla. Like, it's not fire coming down. It, it's the calling down of lightning from heaven. Lightning strikes the ground and causes fire. That's really how you should interpret that. Those rejecting Christ will not be able to trust their own eyes in those days. Because it won't just be the power of suggestion. It'll be spiritual and demonic deception. Illusion so complete that those watching will be convinced of their authenticity. Today, all you have to do is put out a tweet and people believe it. All you have to do is is make a statement and people embrace it. If it shows up on The View, people say, oh, it's definitely true. If Saturday Night Live says it's true, it's true. So imagine, if you will, if people are so easily deceived today, what it will be like in those days when the devil supercharges an individual to bring about a deception. Of course the world is going to be deceived, but we should not be deceived. Amen? He's going to imitate the power of the two witnesses that we talked about in Revelation chapter 11. After they die, he's going to take over as, see, I'm a prophet too, except that this individual will deceive the world. His power is to do the signs, these signs on behalf of the first beast. It's going to enable him to deceive the world. And he's going to be given satanically inspired powers of deceit and persuasion. That's another good word, persuasion. Listen, once a person determines in their heart to resist God, I don't want anything to do with Jesus, let's say. I don't want anything to do with that Bible or those born-agains or church or anything like that. Once they determine in their heart to resist God in that way, God allows a firmness to set in. You start to callous your heart. The heart often corrected or reproved becomes callous, the scripture says. So now you've rejected God. So now you're open to everything. And your heart becomes hard. And this firmness deceives and betrays a person's soul to eternal death. They're willing to march into hell to hold on to their beliefs. Rejecting Christ opens the doors of the mind to receive the powers of suggestion. Just like that example of hypnosis. Oh, I want to be hypnotized. Then you will be. I don't want to be. Then you won't be. You can't be. See, the devil is able to take these unfortunate souls captive to do his will, Paul tells us in 2 Timothy chapter 2. So if you choose Christ, you have the choice not to be deceived by spiritual deception. If you reject Christ, you don't. Are you with me? See, today you have a choice as to whether to be deceived, whether you're filled with the Holy Spirit or not. But when those deceptions are demonic and supernatural, then you really don't stand a chance. Because how can you explain false miracles? If you go just based on the results, you're going to come to this conclusion. This, must, this person must be from God. They can heal. They can call down fire from heaven. They can multiply loaves and fishes. It must be Jesus. 
But false miracles lead people to deception. And that's the point. Do not be deceived. Only the saints called the elect will be able to see through this deception in the last days. Again, I don't think we're going to have to deal with this as the church. But you're dealing with it today because much of the deception that we've had to endure the last few years is satanically inspired, is, maybe not at this level, false, counterfeit, demonically inspired. And you have to see that. Let me give you some lies that people have given themselves over to, that you can change your biological gender. There are people that not only actually believe that, But they believe that if you say it isn't true, you are deceived. Simple fact of biology, male and female. God created them, male and female. That's a blasphemy to suggest the Bible is wrong in this regard. And yet today we're engaged in a great cultural war where the lie is that a, a woman can become a man or a man can become a woman. That's one lie. How about this? You can love anybody you want and God is happy with that. He's pleased with that. You know, we forget that the Bible tells us right and wrong. Take the Bible out. What's right and what's wrong? Where do you get your source of right and wrong and morality from if not from God's word? So let's say that tomorrow you decide for whatever reason you want to kill somebody. They cut you off in traffic so you literally want to take their life. Or maybe someone just annoys you so much at work that you decide I'm going to plan their murder. I don't suggest you think this way. Pray for me. Sometimes I do. But... Here's the thing. You actually conceive of this, ah, you know, and, and you decide to kill that person. And someone challenges you and says, well, don't you know it's wrong? And they say, well, why is it wrong? Why is it wrong? Why is it wrong to kill someone if not the Bible? Where's the objective source of truth that tells us murder's wrong if not God's word? Find me something in our world that suggests that that is wrong other than the Ten Commandments. But somehow, things like murder and stealing, we're okay with. Worshipping other gods, worshipping other gods, well, we're not going to take that seriously. God's truth, God's word about gender and homosexuality being sin are challenged today, and yet those scriptures are just as true as the scriptures that tell us murder's wrong and stealing's wrong and adultery's wrong. So what do you do? Pick and choose what you want to believe today? They say you can't legislate morality, but that's exactly what law does. It tells us what's right and what's wrong and gives consequences to those that do wrong. So what we're doing now in our world, the deception that the devil is promoting is that somehow these things that God's word says are wrong are not wrong. Oh, pastor, how could you say that? People should be able to love anyone they want. Yes. Yes, they should be able to love anyone they want. They actually were commanded to love all people. There's a big difference between loving somebody and giving yourself over to a physical sexual relationship that is in defiance of God's word. Can I hear an amen? Oh, they're preaching hate over there at Calvary Chapel. And who knows how much longer we'll legally be able to do it. I'm being facetious for a reason. I want you to understand that you can get, quote-unquote, canceled for what I just said deplatformed, unfriended. We live in a culture where that's the, that is the penalty for preaching the truth that is not convenient. Have, it, have at it. 
There's nothing that I've ever preached from God's word that was popular with this culture. So why should I change now? I will not be deceived. I know what's true. God's word is true. And anything that's in defiance of God's word is a lie. And I'm not going to sit back and pretend that that isn't true. So, yeah, so you can, you know, make up a lie and believe the lie that uh, you can change your gender, that that's okay, or love anyone you want sexually and God's okay with that. I mean, my goodness, my goodness. You know, it was only 2012 when the president at that time embraced traditional marriage. Of course, he didn't, but he said he did until he got reelected in 2012, and then he evolved in his opinion of homosexual marriage. So we live in a world of deception. That's the point. Get used to it. This is the culture. But all is not lost. We know the truth. Can I hear an amen? And we choose not to be deceived. The minute you say, well, I kind of see it your way. Look out. Stand firm on the word of God. It doesn't mean we hate people who are deceived. We love people who are deceived. We try to reach people who are deceived with the truth. That's why we're here as the church of Jesus Christ. But the minute you start to negotiate what's true, you're gone. You're gone. It's, it's over. What do you have if not the word of God? What do you have if not that truth? You have nothing. You have nothing at all. We can see through this now, but there will come a day where most of the world, if not all of the world, will say otherwise. It's already a really difficult world to believe some of the things I mentioned today. There are many more, but that's, that's enough. That alone will probably get you in a heap of trouble. This false prophet is going to set up an image. Now, I'm going to tell you right up front, I don't know what this is, but it's kind of scary. He's going to set up an image in honor of this first beast who was wounded by the sword and yet lived. So we've already talked about him. Let's talk about the image, though. The image of, is of the first beast, but it's set up by the second beast. This false prophet is going to set up an image of this coming world ruler. And we know where that image is going because of Daniel chapter 9. It's going to be on a wing of the rebuilt temple in Jerusalem. So is the temple rebuilt in Jerusalem? No. So there's no wing there to rebuild and that has been rebuilt yet. And there's no place to put this image. So we're not there yet. I always tell people that. We're, we can't be there until the temple is rebuilt. I expect within the next decade or two at least that that's going to happen. Or they're going to start to talk about that. When that happens, then I would say, yeah, we're close. Because then these things can truly begin to happen. But this coming world leader will break his seven-year covenant with Israel after three and a half years. And the false prophet we've been talking about will desecrate the temple with an abomination that causes desolation. Now, Daniel spoke of an abomination in the holy place that is now past. It actually did happen in the past. Daniel talked about it in Daniel 8. But that was a theme that predicts some of the things that will happen in the future because Jesus, after that fact, spoke of an abomination that's still in the future according to the prophet Daniel. And he talked about that in Matthew 24. So he's going to put an end to sacrifice and offering in the rebuilt temple. This will be that moment of desecration in Jerusalem. And that's when all hell breaks loose. That's when the coming world ruler, uh, who was fatally wounded with the sword and miraculously survived, will really begin to exert influence over the whole world, certainly the Middle East, through the help and assistance of this deceiver we call the false prophet. Now we're told, and we've read it already in verse 15, that this false prophet, he gave breath or life to the image of the first beast. What does that mean? 
Well, when television came out, I guess like about 100 years ago, not quite, when television came out, people thought, well, there you go. And I could understand why. I saw some holographic technology recently that scared me a little. You go to a concert, right? And you sit in the seats, and maybe some of you have seen this. Maybe you've gone to a show like this. Sorry, I'm not, I'm not paying a good ticket and paying good money uh, for uh, an image. You know, I'll just stay home and listen to Spotify. But an image of someone who's long since passed on, like Elvis Presley, comes out and performs you. And you look, and, and it looks like Elvis Presley, and you're at an Elvis concert, and maybe some of you guys are old enough to have actually seen Elvis live. But this is the same kind of thing, and that's called holographic technology. It's quite advanced. It's pretty interesting, and they make a lot of money with it. But maybe it's that, maybe it's not. Listen, I'm not sure what it is, but we do know that this individual will be given the power to bring this image to life and that power is going to come from Satan. So I don't suspect it came from RCA or Zenith or whatever the latest holographic technology is. I think that just goes to show you how easily people can be deceived. In the future, whatever this is, and who could have thought of holographic technology 200 years ago or even television, whatever it is, it probably hasn't been conceived of yet. But this image will be able to speak and bring about the death of those that dare to defy it. Some suggest he's going to use advanced technology, but I suggest this is some form of satanic trickery. I mean, think about this. If it were easy for us to explain it now, very few people would be deceived by it in the future. So who knows? That's That's not the most important point of our lesson today. But he forced all the people of the earth to receive a mark on their right hand or forehead. Now, when you think about a mark on your right hand or your forehead, it's easy to take that and run with it and become... uh, very, very speculative and begin to make up all types of uh, screenplay ideas and book, uh, to write books and, and come up with themes for books to write. But here we know that he forced all the people to receive a mark. And we're told the mark would either be on their right hand or their forehead. And the purpose of this mark is to ensure the world's devotion to the political and economic power of the world leader. For this reason people were suggesting that getting a shot in the arm, I don't think they offered to put it in anybody's head. Maybe it would have done some good if it did. A shot in the arm or something like this is somehow a fulfillment of this. How could that be true? Think it through, please. Is the temple rebuilt? Right there, you need to just stop it. But there are people that are promoting these false conspiracy theories, and there are lots of people who believe it, especially people in the church. I would love to see more Christians use their brains, but I don't know. That seems to be an uncommon thing today. Whatever this is, people are going to be forced to receive it, forced, and and when you, you see a mandate, a government mandate, it's easy to say, well, see, we're being forced. Yes and no. Yes and no. But he's going to ensure, this false prophet's going to ensure the world's devotion to the political and economic power of this world leader. And he's going to insist that everyone receive a mark once they have pledged their devotion to him. Uh, I don't know that anybody who did receive a vaccine or anything else that I know, and I know many of you, uh, had to pledge their devotion to Satan. I don't think you did, did you? I'm being facetious and somewhat comical to make my point how easily we are deceived on all sides. 
Well, no one could buy or sell. And this is why people got all up in arms, because people were losing their jobs for not following the government protocols for vaccination. And people do lose their jobs, not just over COVID vaccines, but all vaccines, all types of things people are told to do, and you can't do it because it's a matter of conscience or health. And then you're told, well, I'm sorry, your services are no longer required. You can't work. And so because of that, people looked at this. And I think in many ways it points to the future, but it's not the future. That's the point. No one could buy or sell without the mark, which is, we're told, not a vaccine, but the name of the beast or the number of his name. Worldwide worship of the image will be established and the alternative will be death or starvation. So, yeah, you can imagine that these are dark days that will be on the earth in those times. He's going to economically isolate anyone that defies the world ruler by refusing the mark. Now, the mark, let's talk about what is the mark. The mark may or may not need to as many have speculated, utilize modern technology to be effective. I think a lot of people have seen this chip technology. They put in pets, their trackers, um, which are very effective. I, I don't see that there's anything wrong with that. And the last time I checked, your pets can't worship Satan anyway. But there are some people that, you know, are concerned about their children's safety, so they'll put an Apple tracker on them, or they'll, you know, some people are choosing to have this chip implanted in their skin. Uh, that's another whole story. It's not the mark of the beast, clearly, but it, you know, it, it kind of points in this direction, so a lot of people have kind of embraced this. One funny thing I thought about, and this is a joke. This is a joke. Are you ready? When cell phones first came out, I said, the right hand or the forehead? Because everywhere I looked, people were looking at their phones or putting them up to their ear. Now, I don't have a cell phone. I don't, I don't use cell phones, but, but, but here's the thing. It's not a cell phone. The mark of the beast is something else. It's something that, that may be real low tech. It, 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 it's quite possible there's nothing more than a mark, a literal mark on the skin. Maybe a tattoo. They're pretty popular today. I don't know what it is. But, you know, don't talk to me about a cashless society and a global currency related to this mark. I think we're going to have those things long before a mark of the beast. So... What it is, I don't know, but the mark will be, will be, listen, will be the name of this coming leader. We're told that. The mark must include his actual name in order to buy or sell. His name will be obvious to those living during the years of tribulation. It shouldn't be hard to know that at that time. Now, of course, you can't predict it, and you shouldn't try. But the mark will also be the number of his name. Now, the mark must be a number that represents his actual name in order to buy and sell. What do I mean by that? Well, to most of the modern world, this idea of a name being related to a number is extremely foreign. Do you know the number of your name? As far as I know, I don't even have a number. I have a social security number. I'm not going to give it to you today. (laughs) But I don't really have a name number. I have a name, but not a number. But to the ancient world, this was, this was very common. You see, in ancient Hebrew and Greek, the ancient languages, letters were always used to represent numbers. So it's easy to come up with some form of a number for your name if your very letters of your name represent numbers. And this allows you to deduce a number based on the characters used in a person's name. People were even identified in the ancient world by the numeric equivalent of their name. So if your name added up to be 42, that would be your nickname, perhaps. This is proven in graffiti that was actually found in the city of Pompeii, which reads, I love her whose number is 545. 
Kind of a nice way to identify someone without completely identifying them, right? Well, how would you know who they are? Well, the person who is 545 knows who, who that is. And that's the point. It's a number that represents a name. Oh, that sounds so foreign. Wait a minute. Have you looked at a clock recently? Many of our clocks have Roman numerals. That's exactly what Roman numerals are. They represent, they're letters that represent numbers. So this isn't really all that foreign. So the number of his name, this world leader, will be obvious to those living during the years of tribulation. But you can't reverse engineer it. You can't say, well, 666, oh my goodness, look at the letters of Ronald Reagan's name. You know, at one point, Ronald Wilson Reagan, they came up with the idea of the six letters in each one of those names. He was, it was, Ronald Reagan was the Antichrist in some people's minds. I saw a very convincing argument that Barney the Dinosaur was actually. <laughs> if you're interested, I think I might still have it. it. I mean, literally, somebody came up with a way to turn Barney the Dinosaur into the Antichrist. So as I said, people are deceived. But John explains something that this calls for wisdom and insight to calculate the number of the beast. The science, and it is a science, of calculating a person's number from his name has a name. It's called gamantria. It's actually a science. It's involved. It requires employing a specific set of rules that are prearranged. Um, by applying these rules, uh, you achieve a numeric equivalent to someone's name. All right? There are several documented methods for determining the number of a name from ancient languages. So whether Greek or Hebrew, they're all quite different. So that's kind of difficult to, to predict. Looking back, when somebody fulfills all of the other prophecies and their name also, using gematria, adds up to be 666, I guess there'll be no question about that that is, in fact, the Antichrist we're talking about. It's only possible to confirm this person's identity by knowing that the number of their name is 666. So the number, people get so wigged out about this stuff, you know. It will require wisdom to realize this number can only be used to confirm suspicion. An individual would have to fulfill all of those many prophecies before even becoming a suspect. So it is futile, do you hear me? It is futile to try to predict the identity of an antichrist by reversing the process. That's not why we're even given this scripture. Many people's names can be used and abused to deduce 666. So don't do that. Please don't do that. And don't watch videos that do that. Some have suggested that the number 666 adds up to Nero Caesar, and therefore it's referring to Caesar Nero of the ancient past. And it's true that the Roman Empire was led by Nero, and they persecuted Christians in the early church in much the same way that the church will be persecuted in the last days. But in order to arrive at 666, perhaps you've heard this, this is sort of an urban legend. In order to arrive at 666, check this out, one must take a few liberties. You must start with a variant spelling, so you have to change the spelling, of the Greek form of the Latin name, and then you have to transliterate the Greek form into Hebrew characters. So you see what I'm saying? If you twist things enough, you can come up with anything. Don't do this. Don't be deceived into thinking you should do this. That's not what this scripture is all about. The mark will be his name or, and or his number, the number of his name. And it's exactly the same for every person. So how in the world is that going to facilitate financial transactions? What if we all had the same PIN number? What if we all had the same credit card number? I don't think that would work. This is not an individual identification number like a social security number. When, they, when the social security numbers came out, many Christians promoted the idea that this was the mark of the beast. So we're all in trouble, right? 
Again, being facetious. This is why it's unlikely that this mark will do anything other than identify you as someone that's pledged your allegiance to this individual. It's real easy to see that the power of this mark is in its authorization, the authorization to participate in society at that time. Now, while we don't know this leader's name yet, clearly, we do know the number of his name. And so what? By the way, 666 does not have any superstitious, spooky, or evil connotation in and of itself. I remember bringing a check to deposit in the bank that had a bunch of sixes on it. And the person behind the counter said, Add add as many sixes as you want, I'll cash it. (laughs) If you have a credit card, social security number, phone number, or license plate, or you live at the address 666, or work in a building that's 666, don't freak out. It has nothing to do with that. The number isn't the issue. Oh my goodness, are we so easily deceived. There will be eternal consequences for anyone that receives this mark. We know this. They will knowingly and willingly pledge their devotion to this coming world ruler as God. And our God will not allow anyone to take this mark without suffering those eternal consequences. So you have a choice. Do not be deceived. You see, you can be deceived about all types of things, including how to interpret some of this scripture. You can be deceived from the media. You can be deceived by the devil. You can be deceived by others. You can be deceived by salespeople. As seen on TV. If any of you ever bought anything as seen on TV that worked out, well, please let me know. I'd love to know. I get very close to buying some of those things. I bought that flexi hose, you know? I thought that was a cool idea. I, I seen on TV, says it right on the box. And it worked well for a year or two. But I had that lifetime warranty and they sent me a new one, so I guess that's not too bad. The point is do not be deceived, brothers and sisters. We live in a world now, right now, where if you allow yourself, choose to be deceived, you'll believe anything. And now they have this, and I want to end with this, deep fakes. Have you heard about this? I, I, I read about this online. Deep fakes. This apparently is technology where they take a picture of you and your voice, and the computer can make you do or say anything in a video. No, that will never be abused by our world. Don't believe your eyes. Don't believe what people tell you. Believe the word of God and do not be deceived. Let's just close our service in prayer. Lord, Heavenly Father, thank you. Because we know the truth. And the truth sets us free. Because we know what is true and what's a lie. Because we have your truth. May we spend so much time in your word that we not allow ourselves to be deceived by others whether it's YouTube videos on how to interpret the Bible or it's just social media nonsense, Lord, may we know the truth. May you free us from the lie and all deception. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're just going to...